Grit. What a unique word. Author Angela Duckworth describes grit as the power of passion and perseverance in her book titled, you ready for it? Grit. That's it. That's the name of the book. On this episode of the Growth Mindset Experience podcast, I am happy to share with you some of my experience from reading this book in the form of what I call my grit impact statements. Stay tuned to hear the biggest impressions the New York Times bestseller made on me as I read through its pages. After listening, be sure to please leave a five-star review and follow at Growth Mindset XP on Instagram. The greater the community, the more we have to learn growth mindset from one another. Welcome to the Growth Mindset Experience Podcast. Here we are inspired to expand our growth mindsets in every aspect of life by creating a community where everyone learns growth mindset from everyone. This is done by examining the growth mindsets of both historical figures and everyday people. We now enter the growth mindset experience. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Growth Mindset Experience podcast. It's good to have you with us. This is going to be a solo episode. However, we are going to take a little bit of a different approach than what we've ever done before. Every once in a while, when I read a book, I will underline or mark or write down statements from that book or sentences from that book that had influence on me, that stood out to me, that made an impact. And what I do is I'll collect all of these phrases and at the end of the book, when I have all of the phrases down and I've finished reading, I will narrow it down to 10 phrases or 10 statements that are my favorite and I call them my impact statements. Last week in episode 18, Growth Mindset Parenting, our guest Crystal shared with us a part of one of her favorite books called Grit. And that's what I'm going to share with you today is my grit impact statements, the impact statements that I created from reading this book, Grit by Angela Duckworth. Before I get into sharing with you what my grit impact statements are, I want to share with you what the description of the book is. And I recommend that you read it. It's really a fantastic book. So here's what it says on the back cover. In this must-read book for anyone striving to succeed, pioneering psychologist Angela Duckworth shows parents, students, educators, athletes, and business people, both seasoned and new, that the secret to outstanding achievement is not talent but a special blend of passion and persistence she calls grit. Drawing on her own powerful story as the daughter of a scientist who frequently noted her lack of genius, Duckworth, now a celebrated researcher and professor, describes her early eye-opening stints in teaching, business consulting, and neuroscience, which led to the hypothesis that what really drives success is not genius, but a unique combination of passion and long-term perseverance. In Grit, she takes readers into the field to visit cadets struggling through their first days at West Point, teachers working in some of the toughest schools, and young finalists in the National Spelling Bee. She also mines fascinating insights from history and shows what can be gleaned from modern experiments in peak performance. Finally, she shares what she's learned from interviewing dozens of high achievers. So check it out. It's a fantastic book. Crystal recommended it. I recommend it. I think that you'll enjoy it. So that being said, I wanted to share with you not all of my 10 grit impact statements. I'm going to share five. I don't think I have time to share all 10 for 
the length of episode that I'm looking for. So I'm going to just share with you five. Grit impact statement one. Complacency has its charms, but none worth trading for the fulfillment of realizing potential. When I think of this, I think of the term complacency kills. I don't know where I first heard that. I don't know what setting it was. I don't know when it was. However, it's made an impression on me. And in that setting, whatever it was, it was being shared that in military bases, inside the gate as people are leaving the military base, there's signs as they exit that show the importance of avoiding complacency. A couple of signs that I've seen on the internet often say complacency kills. There's one that actually gives the definition of complacency, which is being overly satisfied or comfortable with an existing situation or condition, often while unaware of some potential danger or hazard. Don't let it happen to you. When you think about it, complacency in most settings isn't going to kill you. Obviously, in the military life, it could. You better make sure you're on the top of your game. You better make sure that you are completing every box on the checklist. However, complacency can kill your passion. Complacency can kill your progress. Complacency can kill your potential. So although in in most settings, unlike the military setting, complacency may not physically kill. However, it does kill the characteristics that you're trying to build to be the best person that you can be. There is no good in great. Good is the enemy to greatness. If you want to be great, you can never live a life of, oh, well, this is good enough. You'll never get there. There's a quote I want to share with you by Henry Ford. Quote, there is no man living who isn't capable of doing more than he thinks he can do. End quote. I love these words from Henry Ford because all of us, and and I know it says man, but it refers to mankind, women, children, There's no one living who isn't capable of doing more than he thinks he can do. Kind of going back to episode seven, we are all limitless, but we'll never be limitless if we're complacent because complacency sets limits. Complacency is, oh, I did this. That's good enough. I think I'm going to move on. Beware of complacency and don't let it sneak up. Yes, it has its charms, but it's not worth trading for the fulfillment of realizing potential. Grit impact statement number two. Talent is common. What you invest to develop that talent is the critical final measure of greatness. When I think of talent development, one of the best examples in my own life was my college football coach, Ed Lamb, at Southern Utah University. He was a wizard, a master, when it came to the development of his players and coaches. I myself grew up in a pretty small town, played high school football for a small team, and in the world of recruitment, oftentimes coaches will look to players who played in bigger programs because their level of competition is greater, so it's easier to scout them. It's easier to see, oh, they can compete against the best, when you don't always get that when you're from a small town. However, what I admire so much about Coach Lamb, and Honestly, I have the utmost respect for him. I wish he knew how much I respected him because he was phenomenal at developing talent on the football field, but also just developing men and developing human beings. And it was awesome to be a part of, but it was also awesome to see in my teammates as well. When he took over the program at Southern Utah University, there were two wins in the last three years. His stint at SUU was eight years. 
And in that eight years, he competed in two conferences. One was a smaller, lower-tiered conference. However, halfway through his stint, the school had been invited to participate and play in a conference that was really prominent and dominant at the Division I FCS level. And he was able to win a conference championship in both conferences. Not only that, but for the first time in school history, he coached the team that actually two times under his tenure were invited to the FCS playoffs. He didn't do that by necessarily recruiting talent for talent's sake. He did it by investing in that talent. He invested in his players. He invested in establishing culture. He invested in developing his coaches. And that is why he was able to achieve the success that he achieved while heading the program at Southern Utah University. So good. So good at developing the talent. Even talent that was maybe more raw and talent that got overlooked by other schools, he developed the talent. The founder of Firestone Tires is a guy by the name of Harvey S. Firestone. I know, shocking, right? His last name. Here's something that he shared, quote, The growth and development of people is the highest calling of leadership, end quote. I love that. That is so powerful. If you want to be the best leader that you can be, you better be growing and developing people because that's where the next generation comes. When you leave to go somewhere new in a job, there's going to be someone that replaces you. And if that person is developed, then the establishment is going to continue to improve. Then the business is going to continue to improve. The football program is going to be able to continue to improve. The whatever is going to continue to improve and continue to be in a good position because the leader, when they left, had already developed his people. So the growth and development of people truly is the highest calling of leadership. That's what makes the greatest impact. That's what gives the greatest amount of influence. Grit impact statement number three. Our opponent creates challenges that help us become our best selves. National Geographic back in 2015 came out with this documentary series called American Genius. I really like it. I'm not really a documentary guy. I get pretty bored with them, to be honest. However, this is the best documentary series I've ever seen. Even take documentary out of it. It's one of the best TV series that I've ever seen. It was so interesting. It's so intriguing. And in the series, there's eight episodes. And there's one season that I'm aware of. Maybe there's more, and I just I haven't ever seen it. I've looked it up before. As far as I know, there's only one season. But in that season, there's eight episodes. And I'm just going to read to you the episode titles. And I guess before I do that, really, what they are is they portray the story of two groups or two individuals when it comes to competing against each other in the same industry. So episode one is Jobs versus Gates, and that's in the computer industry. Wright Brothers versus Glenn Curtis in the aviation industry. Hearst versus Pulitzer in the publishing industry. Colt versus Wesson in the firearm industry. Farnsworth versus Sarnoff in the telecommunications industry. Oppenheimer versus Heisenberg in the race for the first atomic bomb during World War II. The space race, where it's the Americans versus the Soviet unions. And then the last episode is Edison versus Tesla in the fight for providing the world with electric power. If you haven't seen these, I actually encourage it. National Geographic, American Genius, look it up. 
I'm not sure if it's on Netflix or, or Prime or, or anything. I actually have hard copies of it, like actual DVDs that you don't really see anymore, but that's how I have it. And I just really love it because you have two people that are competing against each other in an industry. However, when person A does something that may be inconvenient or creates a challenge for person B, well, then person B rises up. They rise to the occasion and then they become their best selves. And then all of a sudden they do something that creates a challenge for person A again. And then person A rises up and it allows them to become their best self. And so the competition that that this American Genius series portrays truly goes to show that when your opponent creates a challenge for you, as long as you're not complacent, that challenge helps you become your best self. And I think that that's something that we should be grateful for, actually. I think that we should be grateful for competition because without it, it's hard to become our best self. It's easier to be your best self when you have someone else pushing you than maybe it is when you're pushing yourself. Now, it can be done when you push yourself. And that's the mantra that I try and live by and look at is, am I my best self? But when you have someone who's competing against you, then it makes it a little bit easier, makes it a little bit more natural to rise up and to be your best self. Impact statement number four. And honestly, I don't think I can rate all 10 of my impact statements, but I can rate the number one. This one is my favorite. The rest of them are tied for second, but this one is my favorite. The real way to become a great swimmer is to join a great team. As you might've guessed, the author, Angela Duckworth, in this part of the book was sharing examples of swimming, but the message that she wanted to share isn't just applicable to swimmers. If you want to be great at something, join a great team. And it makes me think, would you rather be the best player on a mediocre team or a mediocre player on the best team? Think about that for a second. That's kind of maybe a hard one for people to decide. However, I know for me, I would rather be a mediocre player on the best team. And the reason why is because if I surround myself with greatness, even when I'm not quite to that level, if I surround myself with it, I know what it looks like. I know how to get there. And I'm going to be more prone to avoiding complacency when I see that I'm not the best at something. Whereas if you're the best player on a mediocre team, then your goal is to be the best. And guess what? You're there. But when you get there, now what? What's next? You're already there. You don't need to do anything more. You are there. Whereas if you're the mediocre player on the best team, to me, that's more, okay, am I my best self? And you can see how some of these impact statements are kind of correlating with each other. And that's what I think is so cool about it too. Okay, last one, grit impact statement number five. And I think this sums up the book so good. One person's grit enhances the grit of others. If you want to be more gritty, go hang out with gritty people. Immerse yourself in their culture. Immerse yourself in the things that they do. Immerse yourself in the goals that they have. Immerse yourself in who they are. And if you want people around you to be more gritty whether that's at work, maybe at home, you're trying to instill that mindset into the lives of your kids, maybe it's volunteers and whatever civic service you're involved in, 
If you want people around you to be gritty, then be gritty yourself. Establish and create the gritty culture. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Growth Mindset Experience Podcast. My hope with this episode is that you evaluate what grit means to you and you evaluate maybe ways that you can be more gritty. If you're listening to the Growth Mindset Experience Podcast, you're interested in expanding your growth mindset. Grit and learning about grit and practicing grit, practicing the power of passion and perseverance in that combination that Angela Duckworth talks about can help expand your growth mindset. They actually, in my opinion, go hand in hand because if you want to be more gritty, you need to have a growth mindset to get you there. If you want to have a growth mindset, then having grit is going to help get you there. So those are five of the 10 grit impact statements that I have. Again, I printed them out. I laminated it. It's hanging up in my office. I refer to them. I see them. I'm reminded by them. Check out this book by Angela Duckworth if you have not yet. If you have, refer to it. It's a great resource. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys in the next one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Growth Mindset Experience Podcast. We look forward to having you next time. Remember to leave a five-star review and to follow at Growth Mindset XP on Instagram. Keep growing and remember you, my friends, are the Growth Mindset Experience. Mindset Experience.